Hello and welcome to Stories, a Stark Friends podcast, where we pick a theme <laughs> and each tell a story. And at the end, you get to vote with us to pick the best story. <laughs> Hannah and Noah are wiggling together. Uh, whoever gets <laughs> the most <laughs> votes gets to pick the next theme. Our current theme is wartime. My name is Buddy. I'm introducing Noah, and they're going to talk about the white mouse. You do that every time. I know, I, I know. I hate it. Not that I have any problem with someone that wants to identify as But that's based, not your pronoun. But that's not my pronoun. Buddy, could you do it again, please, for me? <laughs> I'm sorry, what What did I do wrong? You said oh. there. And he's, he's a he. And for the record, talk- buddy, you do that, like, almost well, every time. And I complain I'm about it every script. time. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. It's right Think about it. Me. He's going to talk about... Wake up, sheeple! White mouse. <laughs> yes. Him. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Him, Noah. White mouse. <laughs> I'm not the white mouse. Go ahead. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, One of, I think, the most interesting things to do as someone that's uh, spent a lot of time studying history uh, is to find stories or ideas that people... Yes? What? That's a great name. That people are maybe unfamiliar with. And so there are a lot of popular war stories, things that people have heard of. And so what I like to do is I like to find stuff that... um, like nobody's sh- heard of right that should be a movie not that nobody's heard of but I was like, like, that's what we're all trying to do okay i'm sorry disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> and so i i looked up some famous uh people during world war ii um because i thought that has a pretty big global impact <laughs> um <laughs> like it affected the whole world or something um that were unheard of or uh, unrecognized, and so one of the all top did World stories. War II stories. Interesting. What? So my story that I've picked is about one figure who has not been uh, adequately recognized through history. Uh, her name is Nancy Wake, um, aka the White Mouse. She was. Do we born... like that name? Hmm. Do we like that name? Nancy Wake? Sounds fun. No. (laughs) All right, go on. I'll determine if I like it at the end. So she was born in New Zealand uh, in 1912, um, the youngest of six children. Uh, She she actually was of uh, Maori ancestry and descent. Oh, cool. Right. Um, And they they believed that her great-grandmother was one of the first Maori Maori women to marry a European. So, um, cool. That's cool, cool I guess. Cool, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, so in 1914, her family moved from New, Z- New Zealand to Australia. Um, and thereafter, her father returned to New Zealand and her mother raised the children there in Australia, um, which is an interesting way to do it. She attended school like a normal person, um, but at the age of 16, she ran away from her home and worked as a nurse. Um she used money that she inherited from her aunt or aunt, depending on where you're from. Um, and she used that money to travel to New York and what do you London, say? Um, where she trained as aunt. a journalist. Yeah, me too. You trained as a journalist too with your uh, aunt's uh, <laughs> inheritance money? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but it's been a while. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in the 1930s, uh, after getting her experience in reporting, um, she worked in Paris, and later uh, she worked as the European correspondent um, for the Hearst newspaper. She witnessed the rise of Hitler and the Nazi movement, and 
uh, was uh, a witness to several uh, roving Nazi gangs that were beating Jewish people in the streets of Vienna, and she would report on it. Yes. In 1937, um, she met a French industrialist named uh, Henry Fiocca. Fiocca? Too, I don't know. Anyways, uh, they, they got married in 39, um, and they moved to France, which is where he was from, um, and they were living in Mar- Marseille, Marseille uh-huh. when uh, Germany invaded. During the war in France, she served as an ambulance driver. I don't know if you guys remember, but when she was 16, she worked as a nurse, so she used that yeah. experience. Um, cool. So after the fall of France in, the, in 1940, she escaped and joined this network um, that be called uh, became the Pat O'Leary line. Um, this what? Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm getting to it. Oh, sorry. Tell us about Pat O'Leary. Sorry. And his line. No, it's okay. Um, so part of what it, the Pat O'Leary line was, um, I actually don't know if I detailed. This. You said it. I thought it was like something we all knew. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you. I don't think Bobby. you're supposed to. Um, and I actually don't think I specifically detailed it. Um, so he was... Um, it's named after... Uh, Pat O'Leary. No, it's not, I don't think it's actually named after anyone named Pat O'Leary. I don't know why it's called <laughs> Pat O'Leary. This is weird. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's an escape. It was an escape and evasion network. Um Ooh. From like, like the to hide underground from the... railroad, exactly. Yeah, cool. um, and so uh, she joined this group, um, and this is where she got the name the White Mouse because she was elusive, and the Gestapo mm. that the Gestapo called her the White Mouse That's cool. um, because yeah, she was like, able to use this name. line to help people escape or to avoid capture. Um, cool. So because of this, her life was in constant danger, um, and the Gestapo tapped her cell phone and were constantly intercepting her mail. Her cell phone. Did I say cell phone? Yeah. I meant telephone. <laughs> Clearly she didn't have a cell phone. I was like, that's wild. Wait, this is like the Nintendo bit years ago <laughs> when I kept saying 1989 instead of 1889. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I know she didn't have a cell phone. In 1942, um, <laughs> uh, the troops invaded that invaded France um, went after the Allies' operation here. Uh, and this gave the Germans and the Gestapo unrestricted access to all parts of France mm-hmm. uh, and made life much more dangerous for her and the, and the Pat O'Leary line in general. When the network was betrayed, um, she actually had to flee France, um, and her husband decided to stay behind. Uh, he ended up later being captured, tortured, and executed by the Gestapo. Ugh. Um, after reaching Britain, she joined the uh, Special Operations Executive, which is the SOE, uh, and was trained in several programs. Her senior officer overseeing all the agents um, going into France recalls her as a real Australian bombshell. Uh, tremendous vitality, flashing eyes, everything she did, she did well. I feel the need to point out that her senior officer was a female. Okay, so that wasn't like because a, that all did sound like, I know, I was like, are we describing her physically? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, and I, so this was a, this was a, a female officer. Okay, um, and thank I, you. I, I should have said that. I wanted to like. No, I, yeah. I wasn't trying to read verbatim. Um, <laughs> oops. I was just like, this is not a good review. <laughs> training training reports uh, record that she was a very good and fast shot, 
and possessed and possessed excellent field craft. She Ooh. was noted to quote put the men to shame by her cheerful spirit and strength of character. Um, in 1944, uh, she headed the up. The year of Fugo. Um, what's that? The year of Fugo. That is the year of Funko. Um, <laughs> she joined uh, this freelance team uh, where they would parachute into provinces of France. Um, and the resistance leader there discovered Wake tangled in a tree. And he remarked, I hope all the trees in France bear such beautiful fruit this year. To which she replied, don't give you that French cabbage. <laughs> she was a potty Good, mouth. I was if, like, you, if you look up, if you look up, look up some interviews of her, she <laughs> she was a bit of a potty mouth, That's which awesome. is really funny. Yeah. Um, so this team uh, was to be the liaison between London and local marquee uh, group headed by um, a man named Gaspard. So the team's initial relationship with him was frosty, but um, uh, you know he he wasn't too cooperative with them. But they slowly broke down those barriers, and her duties in this in this portion of the war was pinpointing locations where the material and money were parachuted in. Then they would go and collect it um, and spread it among the marquee, um, including paid individual soldiers. So because of her efforts here, um, they were able to fund, you know, essentially the the French forces um, kind of doing their best to hold the the Germans at bay. Um, uh, she carried with her a list of the targets the uh, Marquis were to, to destroy before the invasion of France by the Allies, um, like on her at all times. So they trusted mm-hmm. her with that sort of information. Um, so eventually, um, as we know, uh, the Germans, you know, were able to push through and uh, you're really able to take over most of, of France. And um, they did end up kind of you know, knocking out this, um, this SOE and, uh, um, their resistance fighters. And so she did have to flee, uh, and they essentially had to (laughs) kind of run away from the Germans. Um, but this freelance team, um, would continue to, uh, uh, fund and help uh, deploy funds to the, to the fighters that are trying to uh, keep their home safe. Um, she uh, participated in a raid that destroyed the Gestapo headquarters, um, resulting in the death of 38 Germans. Uh, at one point, Wake discovered that uh, men were protecting a girl who was a German spy. Um, they didn't have the heart to kill her in cold blood, but when Uh-oh. Wake insisted that she would perform the execution, uh, they capitulated, um, which is interesting. Wake also said and claimed that I forget that she- what capitulated means. Agreed. They agreed that she could kill her, or they agreed to kill her? I think they agreed to kill her when she said she would do it. They were like, okay, we'll do it. Right, exactly. Um, which is good, because she probably needed to. I don't know. That's, uh, anyways. Uh, she uh, claimed that she killed an SS sentry with her bare hands to prevent him from raising the alarm during a raid. Um, during a 1990s interview, um, when asked what happened to the sentry who spotted her, she drew her finger across her th- throat. Um, she said nice. they, she lived a long time. She said they taught this judo chop stuff with the flat of the hand at SOE, and I practiced away at it. But this was the only time I used it. Quack! And it killed him all right. I was really surprised. Oh, <laughs> um, so after the invasion of southern France by American military forces in Thank August... 
the resistance groups um, hurried the retreating Germans. Um, a lot of her friends were badly wounded. Um, some would lose legs to amputation, stuff like that. Um, and then it was then that she found out about the death of her husband. Because um, she this whole time she had no way of, of knowing that. So um, at this point, she, uh, the work of her freelance team was done uh, and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So with their job complete, they all returned to Great Britain. Um, so immediately after the war, she was awarded the George Medal. Um, the United States Medal of Freedom, the Medaille de la Resistance, mm. and three times awarded the. Uh, ooh. <laughs> it's Cross of War. It's French for Cross of War. I'm not going to try and say it. Um, she Le worked. Crooks. It's, it, it looks like Croaks de Guerre. <laughs> Qua, Qua de Gua. It probably is, is Qua, because it's like yeah, Le Oh, like LaCroix? Yes. Anyways, um, <laughs> after that, she worked for the intelligence department at the British Air Ministry, um, which I, I think is pretty cool. Uh, she stood as the liberal candidate in the 1949 Australian federal election. Um, she ran several times to the same guy and lost every time. The first time... Um, what? She had, yeah. The first She's time she ended up hero. getting a 13% swing against him, which was impressive. Um he still ended up retaining the seat, but she kind of stalled this 13%, which is impressive. And then the last, uh, the next time, she lost them, uh, by fewer than 250 votes, Ugh. which is interesting. Sabotage. Yeah, well, alternatively, uh, she was just ahead of her time. Um, uh, she was, uh, <laughs> she wrote uh, an autobiography in the 80, in 1985 called The White Mouse. Um, cool. She, uh, kind of detailed some of these things that she did um it's interesting she was appointed a knight of the legion of honor in 1970 um and uh she was recommended for decorations in australia but was turned down decades later australia offered to award her medals but she refused saying the last time there was a suggestion of that i told the government they could stick their medals where the monkey stuck his nuts (laughs) the thing is if they gave me a medal now it wouldn't be love so i don't want anything from them it would be what her point was that she didn't get it before and if they gave it to her now it would be like oh pity and so i don't think she is yeah i mean so she's she's a bad cabbage um (laughs) in 2006 she was awarded the royal new zealand uh royal new zealand returned in services association's highest honor um which that's a long name um it's called the rsa badge in gold um she has medals displayed in a uh, Second World War gallery at the Australian uh, Memorial Museum. and uh, Not medals they gave her, but medals. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> she actually uh, ended up selling a lot of her medals and stuff for money later on. And she's like, what do I don't... Uh, she said, um, I kind of get it. Like, what are you going to do with them? She said, yeah, there was, I get that too. But she said, there was, who have medals don't agree. <laughs> she said, there was no point in keeping them. I'll probably go to hell and they'd melt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, she ended up dying in 2011 at age 98. Um, after being admitted with a chest, yeah, with uh, being admitted with a chest infection. Um, she requested that her ashes be scattered uh, in central France, which is where uh, she said her heart lied. So, um, 
I don't know. Your in, heart in, laid. Lied. I, yeah. I can't remember. I uh, lied. It lied. Yep. Um, you were right. I was just I. Anytime someone dies at like ninety eight or ninety nine, I'm like, oh man. Could have made, like made it to hundred. The symmetry. <laughs> I'm not just that, but like just getting like there's so few people that get to experience being a hundred. So like, few people like get to experience that, being ninety nine. Once you're that close. It's arbitrary, it's and you know it. I know it's arbitrary, but, like, if I die in my 80s, like, all right, cool. But if I'm 98, like, I'm going to be trying everything I can to make it to 100. If you lived in 98, I'll praise every god every day. That'd be amazing. It would be amazing. And 100 would be two years more amazing. <laughs> I do kind of get it, though. Grandma Gracie is, um, how old does she know? She's 90, oh, is she only 91? I thought she was older than that. But she's 91, and I really want her to live to 100. How old is Betty White right now? 96. I don't know. 98. Oh, she's getting awesome. there. Awesome. Sorry, Noah, go ahead. No, that's it. Cool. Yeah, I just think this is one of those things where there definitely should be a movie about her. Yeah, there should be a movie. Like, that would be I amazing. think that would be really cool. It would be really cool. I wonder um, why they haven't done it yet. Maybe because she's been alive for a long time. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. died less than a decade ago. Yeah. So. Um, being who I am, I briefly glanced at her Wikipedia page while you were talking. I know, we can tell when you sit there and read, you don't contribute to the conversation. Oh, uh, well, I was listening and I was trying to look for moments, but I didn't have anything good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read about the bicycle ride? I did not. It's super fast. She, in three days, she rode 300 miles on a bicycle. <coughs> yeah. Is that good? Seems good to me. A hundred miles in a day? People ride like 20 miles in like an hour. Yeah. I thought. 20 miles an hour feels a little faster for a bike. Okay. How many miles do you think? I mean, consistently. Right. You also have to think about the the technology of bikes is probably way better now than it was then. That's true. I would say you could like. It's just, it's not as, it's not like running 300 miles. No, I agree. But I would say you could reasonably ride a bicycle for about, at about 12 miles an hour. I want to ride my bicycle. Okay. You're talking about a 10 hour bike ride every day for three days. It's just. All right. That's a lot. You're right. Fair's fair. There's, I mean, there's a lot on the Wikipedia page that I. For sure. uh, I couldn't do everything, but yeah, that oh, is yeah. that is really yeah. cool. I she just overall like, boy, gotta censor myself. A, she was she's just a bad cabbage. Like you it's don't it's have unbelievable. To um, just how cool she was, and like, I I just I thought the story about how she killed an SS officer with her bare hands was awesome. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Love it. So that was my Love story. Your uh, feminist take about uh, you know the white mouse. Um, if you guys have uh, like, any thoughts white about mouse? what, go ahead. No. Where did the nickname come from? Because she's elusive. She's hard to catch. Like a mice white are hard mouse? to catch. Yeah, but why white is what Hannah's asking. Well, she was white. <laughs> and I wanted because you started Maori. off. Yeah, you started off by saying she was Ma- Maori, and I thought she was a Maori mouse? ancestry. Yeah, so well, like so, her great great grandmother. I just don't think white refers to her skin. No, so yeah, I'm just curious, like, like why not the black mouse? Because she's not black. She's not white. Yes, yeah, she is. I mean, she really was. <laughs> I just don't think that's why she was called that. No, yeah, probably not. Hmm. Hey, Noah, uh, what if people want to talk to us? Yeah. Because we're so cool. 
Just put it out into the ether and we'll probably get it. <laughs> I think we've made that joke before. I'm sure I we love do. it. About like screaming in the air. It cracks me up every time. <laughs> um, yeah, you can email us. I think the air is... Call your congressman. I mean, the ether is so funny. Uh, let them know that you want to talk to us. <laughs> and to get that stimulus check out. Um, <laughs> while we're doing that. Uh, <sighs> you can email us at starkfriendspodcasts at gmail.com. Um, we have a Facebook page that you only use if you're old like us. Um, all the hit people are on Instagram, which we don't have. So you can alternatively right. hit us up at starkfriends on Twitter. Um, make sure you vote for my story because it was very like progressive and open-minded. Very Not true. yet. So it was very progressive. I hope you're Hannah's. Vote whenever you want, but you'll regret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely it's don't vote country, for Buddy bud. so, because he just won again. And like, I know he doesn't. It, he doesn't need. If it. we all vote for somebody else and Buddy still wins again, I'm gonna be pissed. So uh, <laughs> pissed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Buddy's story was interesting. A lot of science. No, I was just feeling robbed because yeah. we both voted for him last time and he still lost. Yeah. He had a win. He yeah. Until he him. didn't. <laughs> Tell oh, us wait. the math again. Yeah. No, so don't there's do six it. votes. <laughs> don't do it. Remember, Gabriel's <laughs> eight